0: take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. All right, that was that was a nice long nuanced dissection of of one thing that we've spent a lot of time kind of beating around the bush about. Let's try to have the same kind of discussion here about the offense picking up the pace a little bit. Taylor's numbers in like traditional dropback situations are like bottom 3, bottom 4 of qualified quarterbacks in the league. He's not good in that situation. Where he is good is when they pick up the pace, when they pick mm-hmm. up the tempo. He's been fantastic in, in hurry-up two-minute situations. You know, we kind of had a, a nice laugh on the Wednesday pod talking about how they went those two back-to-back drives. That was like 23 plays for 78 yards. It took 14-18 yeah. off the clock, and they wound up with zero points. It was a punt yeah. and a missed field goal, including an 11-play 40-yard drive that didn't get past midfield. Right. Um, so you've got that, and then he goes – like 10 plays in 158 for 80 yards and a touchdown or 90 yards and a touchdown. Um and that obviously leads to fans asking, we've addressed a shorter version of this before on the podcast of like, why don't they go hurry up? Why don't they go tempo? And the the short answer is they don't want to hurry up. They right. want to bleed clock, they want to lead the NFL in time and possession, and they are accomplishing that goal. But Logan, is there, in your opinion, room to mix in some tempo to try to get more out of Heineke without losing the things you are gaining by letting your defense rest, et cetera?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think there are certain situations where you want to go tempo, or you can go tempo. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, let's just take a situation for example where I think tempo would be advantageous. Let's say it's, let's say it's third and, uh, let's say it's third and two, or it's. Um, it's second and eight, you get to third and two. I think in that situation, you're probably going to call a run or some type of play-action pass, like hurry up there. You know what I mean? Like get to the line of scrimmage quickly. Don't let the t- defense like kind of dig their cleats in, get set. It doesn't need to be a 1,000 miles an hour, but that's a situation where I think a little bit of tempo is very advantageous. Situations where you're just looking for a little shift in, 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 in your advantage, right? The defensive coordinator goes, oh, man, they're hurrying up like – I can't sub, like, let's just go my base call, which is cover three. And then Taylor knows, you know, everyone knows the front, kind of simplifies the whole deal. Then you can run the football for a first down, make that just a little bit easier for you, as opposed to kind of striving to get the perfect personnel, the perfect play call, um, the perfect motion on the field early on. Sometimes there is an advantage, I think, in like those high leverage situations to just be like, hey, this is the play we like. Like I'm Scott on the sideline. I'm just going to call it. We can execute this. With 10 seconds left with you know with 15 seconds left on the playcock as opposed to five you know don't we don't need to give the defense all this opportunity to kind of say oh let's get the big guys on the field let's match them this coverage let's bring this pressure let's do this line stunt. so I, I think that's an opportunity obviously end of half into game situations i think is great i think also when you're a little bit in a doldrum i think it, A little bit of and again there are varying degrees of tempo like when i was with um like every every system i was in it's not just kyle every system i was in you have like kind of your base tempo which is you want to get the play executed with whatever the whatever the parameter is 10 to seven seconds left on the play clock then they have like their uh, kyle called it apache it's that that's like your kind of muddle huddle hurry up you have some code words but you're still kind of huddling you want to get the play the play executed in about 10 seconds right And then you have your two minute where there is no huddle. You're just on the ball. You're going as fast as you possibly can. You're sprinting around like a bunch of lunatics. There's no motion. So I think there is, there's gradation to this, right? And I think a little bit of tempo in certain situations, I mentioned the third down situation, or like, like when you're in an offensive doldrum can be advantageous. And it doesn't need to be, everyone thinks it's, an advantage for Taylor right to throw the football and it is because defense is simplified but it can be an advantage for the offensive line too because it simplifies what they're doing from a blitz standpoint from a coverage standpoint and from a front standpoint so just and you might not even notice as a fan like unless you're really monitoring the clock consistently you might not even notice it right but they're I think kind of you know working between first gear and third gear is a very, very valuable tool. And obviously when you want to go to fifth gear for like that two minute situation, there's also time for that as well.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you, you explained it that way because that is where I also am. Um, I think that a little bit of tempo can go a long way and there are way, and it's really about figuring out why Taylor likes tempo. Right, like what is it about tempo that suits him is it the adrenaline rush cuz if so like we're going to have to we're going to have to chill out on that cuz we can't go 2 minute all the time so Taylor right. gets his, his adrenaline junkie fix um, but if it's the simplified coverages the simplified fronts etc we can dictate that pretty easily yeah. um and this is where the commander's personnel being so versatile is incredibly advantageous if yeah. you want to go tempo get antonio gibson in the game knowing you can line him up as a wide receiver or in the backfield. Get Logan Thomas in the game, someone who is very comfortable splitting out into the slot. Get Curtis Samuel in the game and and you know you can line him up any literally anywhere. Anywhere that is an eligible receiver position, Curtis Samuel can line up. And it gives you still a fair amount of your playbook. You're probably going to operate with some some pared down version of it because right. um, you're not you're not necessarily huddling. Well, it depends um, on the
1: speed too. It depends on how right. fast you want to go, right? If you want right. to go even ten percent faster, you can call, you can huddle. It's just about play caller being on it, quarterback being on it, and guys getting the line of scrimmage, right?
0: Right. And, but if you don't sub, the defense is not going to be able to sub. Right. And that—that's the biggest thing is, it one it gets them tired, and like anyone, anyone who's, uh, I, I'm going to put on my strength and conditioning hat here for a second. Like when you're going super intense exercise rest super intense exercise rest which is a football play is a very intense three to six second exercise uh, for everybody on the field 10 seconds of rest is a long time yeah so if you're giving the defense an extra 10 seconds of rest they are so much fresher for that next snap versus oh i'm still catching my breath because we're snapping it with 15 on the play clock versus five yeah and so that like literally metaphysical or whatever word you want to use response that we're talking about here, when you're the aggressor, that is such an advantage for you. And, you know, mentally to not be able to switch off. Cause even if, even if you call something like that, Apache speed, right? So we're talking that 15 to 12 or whatever kind of range on, on the play clock. If we get to the line of scrimmage as an offense quickly and the defense is like, Oh crap, I got to be ready even if then Taylor backs off and does kind of the college football, let me look to the sideline situation, the defense doesn't really have a chance to relax. And so they're going to wear down at a rate that's much faster. While you still are elapsing the time on the clock in real time, John Allen doesn't care about that. He's sitting on the bench looking at the tablet, getting his water and his oxygen and he's still getting the rest that allows him to stay on the field to the extent that he did against the Giants, where for the first time in his career, he missed only one play defensively. like that. Because that is that is the trickle-down, right? What you're trying to avoid is the defense being gassed at any point in the game. Add a higher necessity for subs along your defensive line where you want to keep Montez Sweat, John Allen, and Deron Payne on the field as much as possible when your defense is out there, which means keeping them off the field as much as possible throughout the entirety of the game. So it's finding the ways to mix in an ability to still accomplish that goal while getting the simplified coverages, the simplified fronts, and and the advantageous matchups for you offensively. And I think mixing in a little bit of that like Apache-level tempo can actually accomplish that quite well
1: yeah i mean i don't disagree with that i think you know you you also got to say like how does this jive with the team's goals and like Mm -hmm. i think you laid those out really well so one of the negative things about tempo any kind of tempo is that it can get it can lead to a faster three and out and ultimately you're trying to avoid that like that's the main goal of their whole offensive philosophy is stay on the field as long as possible don't leverage the defense and so Traditionally, I think coaches say, oh, well, we got to go really slow, right? But there is an advantage to getting first downs, right? And mm-hmm. if this helps you get multiple first downs, like I don't care even about scoring points, just kind of abiding by this offense's offensive identity, just working to get first downs. And if the tempo allows you to do that in certain situations, I think that's where the juice would be worth the squeeze there. Now, do they, do they feel comfortable with that? Do they want to leverage Taylor that way? You know, how's the conditioning of the offensive line is a big one. You know, like when I was – when we first installed this, like, Apache Tempo when I was with Kyle, one of the things that really stuck out to me was, like, it was awesome because the defense would get tired, but the big the big nasties would get tired too. And when they get tired, it gets sloppy. You've got some older players on the offensive line. Maybe they don't feel as comfortable kind of going at that pace. So these are all things that need to be considered when kind of making that assessment, when making that decision. But I think kind of to your point, there, there are – degrees of this right and can you find advantages going by degrees and i think um if you're looking for inches you're looking for edges this would be something to exploit but again at this point it's also important to note, like we talked about the rpo we talked about the zone read we talked about the tempo how much they don't have a lot of time to put in new stuff so if this isn't already in it's probably not going to be in if that makes sense they're going to um they're going to find something else, another kind of wrinkle that they feel more comfortable dealing in. But you're right, Craig, like you could do a myriad of things, you know, you could get to the line of scrimmage quickly, kind of stay around, you know, negate the subbing ability of the defense. All those things are true. It's just about how much time do you have and where do you think the most value is? So we've identified three areas or two er- two specific areas so far where there is an advantage. Like we, there, if you were to implement those plays, there would be an advantage, but maybe the staff, doesn't see those as advantages, right? They see them as more of a detriment because of the personnel, because of the philosophy, and they're going to go for a different edge, so to speak. So, again, that's something uh, always to consider in these conversations is we are looking at two elements, but football is multifactorial, right? It, it's very, very complicated nuance. And maybe they say we want to really embrace the screen game with Cosme and Wes Schweitzer in as opposed to Trey and, and Larson who are bigger kind of slower players. Maybe that's the direction right. they go. It could be a myriad of things, but – they have to do something. These are two options. They might not, not deem these options as necessary, but there will be some some type of innovation.
0: Yeah, and just like with the Taylor running discussion, we're talking about margins here. If yeah. they do this one time per half, and that's enough to keep Taylor in a rhythm and like get him going a little bit, that would be great. But also, like Taylor's been good to start the last couple of games. Uh, I think it was the Atlanta game. It was four for four on the first drive. They they blitz down the field and score a touchdown. So it's not like, yeah, his his first 15, like Scott deserves a ton of credit. It's the ability to continue to adjust and like use that information as the game goes, that I think has been a bit frustrating, but also defenses adjust and and figure things out as well. Like the other guys get paid too. And I think like the giants game is a phenomenal example of that. As we talked about on the last podcast with, with some of what wink Martindale did, it's like, Oh yeah, he's great. He's great at what he does. And there's a reason for that. Um, so I think when you get in kind of those ruts like you were talking about that's a great time to potentially unleash a little bit of tempo to try to get Taylor going but that also becomes a riskier proposition right if you're in a rut you've probably been going 3 and out or 4 and out and your defense might be getting a little bit tired and going tempo might feel like the last thing that you want right. to do like this is these things are hard and I, and I do think that's something that Maybe we don't do a good enough job of explaining because I don't think anyone, particularly in media, does. Because then you just sound right. like an, you're an apologist. Right. It's like, oh, this is hard. Like, if if all I did was say, hey, this is hard, my show from three to six every day would suck. Like, it, th- there's no <laughs> point in doing. It. Like, it's hard. What do I know? They know more than me. And there are times when I just I have no problem admitting like that's data that I would want to make a decision on. That, sure. or yeah, there's, yeah. there's data I don't have that I would need to make that decision. And I will try my best to explain to the audience why I don't feel like I can accurately explain or I don't have a high level of confidence with what my opinion is because I just don't have a, enough of the information. With that said, um, these things are really hard and there there's the word multifactorial almost doesn't even cover it. It's like endlessly you yeah. know, in terms of the factors and, some like there's there's things that we just can't like that that we're probably not thinking about and and i think we've already hit on a couple of them like you or specifically you've hit on a couple of them that a lot of us thinking about these things don't often and the the offensive line conditioning is something that clearly people don't think a lot about. Um, And and even offensive line style, like that's something we've talked about a little bit and kind of referenced at points this year. But like, let's underline this here in our little self-scout. Part of the reason they've played the way they have is because Trey Turner's a big, big man who is good at run blocking and not particularly excellent at pass blocking. He's certainly not very good at this stage in his career at getting out into space in the run game. So they've found a run game that works for not only their quarterback, not only their running back in Brian Robinson as he has come back to full health, but for big men who can run vertically, straight ahead, and crush whatever's in front of them, right. but should not be asked to get out in space and hit little guys. Uh, or just get out in a space with any kind of time constraints, period, uh, which is what happens on, nevertheless, a screenplay, but like a power play with a pulling guard. We're just, or even that's, just it's like not outside what this zone. Is they, they yeah. ran a
1: lot of outside zone early and they've gotten away from that right they kind of said we're not great at this and i think last year they were pretty good at it and the offensive line composition was much much different so i think these are the types of decisions you're always negotiating you're always scouting you're always saying what's the best opportunity for us right and you know fans make assumptions and say this this thing let's take the zone read let's take tempo will will make this offense better and that's true to a certain extent if the existing personnel can handle it if this group is is a physically capable of doing it and intellectually capable of doing it so um i think that's part of it and also like do does this offense translate well to kind of an apache signaling approach and i don't know you know what i mean like the offense is, is complicated it's it's very nuanced and i don't know if it does but um, those are all things that need to be considered and again You know, if you would have said, hey, they're going to, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, they're going to be like one of the most heavy duo running teams in the NFL, I'd have been like, that seems kind of silly given the weapons that they have, right? Given Mm -hmm. this whole thing, but they found a formula that fits what they do. And that's what coaching is. It's this constant evolution, getting away from the RPO, getting away a little bit from the zone read, getting away from the outside zone and saying, this is who we are. And I don't think anybody kind of could have predicted this. I don't even think the coach, I think they kind of stumbled into it, to be honest, but then... It gives you all these other variations. This great play action pass games come off of it. And now now my question is what is the next thing? You know, we've Mm -hmm. said these two things would help, but maybe there's something that they deem is better at helping. And I think that's the curious thing about these last four games is what is that thing? What has this offense evolved to over the next four weeks?
0: Yeah, they certainly got some of the screen game involved again against the Giants. And you know, I was Mr. Hey, quit throwing screens to Terry McLaurin earlier in the year. Yeah. I was wrong on that one. He's, he figured it out on Sunday and like was super effective and that that third and 15 that he got like 14 and a half yards on and you're like, wow, he's again, just so good with the ball in his hands. Even if it doesn't look like, you know, a, a lot of traditional screen runners,
1: but there, there is, there's the advantage of like Sam Cosme me a guard is right. he is out and very clearly clamped on the guy that's supposed to be tackling Terry. Like it, I was like, how did he get out there so fast? But that is him. And if you do right. that same if you do that same play which looks excellent with Sam Cosme, if you do that with anybody else, not quite as good. You know what I mean? Not right. quite as good. So
0: Because the margins on those kinds of things and so often in the NFL especially on things that involve blocking, so run right. plays, screens, etc., like they're this much. You miss right. a guy by that much, he makes the tackle uh or he gets a little bit more solid contact uh and slows down versus like his fingertips hit the ball carrier and the ball carrier runs right through. Him. Like those are those are the 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 margins here and so you know a tenth of a a second on your 40 uh as an o lineman it's not really not like they're running 40 yards but like that difference in actual speed let's call it a point in your speed on your madden rating uh is is a huge huge deal uh for for those kinds of things um and and I the last thing I'll say to, to kind of wrap up this section of the podcast uh, with these two large topics that I think we've now given uh, as thorough answers as exist on the Internet for uh, is that just because the team isn't doing something obvious doesn't mean it's actually the solution. And that's kind of, I think, the summary of all of this is they might run zone read in practice and it's terrible. So they're like, we're not we're not going to run it. And instead <laughs> of thinking like, oh, my God, how could they not do this? It's the obvious answer sometimes the the reframing in your mind should be wow there's probably a reason they're not doing that it's so obvious there's got to be a reason that they're not doing it and and i think that sometimes we can get a little over our skis and assuming that the obvious thing isn't happening because the coaches are stupid as opposed to being like no if you think this is bad you should you should see when we try the other thing that's (laughs) that's real real bad
1: right right absolutely